Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Let me be the first 
Well, witches around the world are plotting a mass spell against Trump <laughs> for Friday night. <laughs> okay. And, and, uh, I'm all for that. I don't care about it. Gardasil is destroying young girls' ovaries and reproductive systems. It's natural news. And uh, it, it's really it's really frightening what's going on out there, folks. And, you know, they're, they're, we're just allowing these pharmaceuticals to, to have control of us. Uh, but the one thing I want to talk about tonight, and we'll talk about it after, maybe I'll bring it up with, with Don, uh, is the uh, Trump believes he has the right to pardon himself. You know, it's just <laughs> someone you know, Giuliani told him that probably. Yeah, and a poor in this one, Trump's education secretary says school safety commission won't look at role of guns in school shootings. They don't want to know about it. <laughs> isn't that amazing? Isn't that isn't that tragic as hell? Right now we get our uh, huh? It's horrible. Is that, oh, it's, is it's that terrible. Yeah, right now we get our guest uh, Don Arbor on, and uh, we'll put him right on there. Uh, hang on one second. Hey, Don, are you with us? I sure am. Hi, Leo. How are you? Good. Can you speak a little louder? Uh, yeah, I can. Here. Sure. Just uh, let me know if no, I get too loud. Better. Thanks. Good. So, Mike. Uh, uh, no, Don, rather. I'm sorry that we, we missed you a couple months ago, but uh, um, we replayed the song tonight, and uh, uh, very interesting. It's a it's a lovely song, beautiful song. Have you had an opportunity to to play it um, uh, in California and places you've visited? Have you gotten good response to it? Yes, uh, we introduced it at a show at a Berkeley, California club called the Freight and Salvage a year ago, and that's when I met up with Charles Koppelman, who helped me direct the uh, the music video, and we're, we're going to be performing there again at the end of June, and, and it's gotten a great response both from our fans in the area and as well as online. It's had over 90,000 views so far, which is re- pretty remarkable. Well, it's beautiful. It's a, it's a very moving song. And, and true, everybody does come from somewhere, and I think we've all forgotten that. That's yeah. the uh, the the sound the 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 song is very familiar, the, or the melody is familiar. Was that um, was that something that you uh, collaborated on, or had a, had a familiar uh, um, sound, to uh, sound to it? Yeah. Well, it's an original melody, but of course uh, we're all influenced by the things that we hear over the years, and I've been listening to music since. Uh, at my my mother's knee, so you know all the traditional music of the United States has filtered through me in one way or another, whether it's folk music or Bob Dylan or the, the Beatles or uh, uh, you know Motown. All the influences come out in in one way or another in what I sing and play. Well, you know, you know what's funny is uh, Lila and I were watching the uh, the video. Um, there are two two of the uh, two of the the, the, the uh, uh, band members uh, look like a couple of friends of mine, uh, of ours, uh, one of, who are musicians as well. But really? uh, the drummer looks like a friend of mine. Well, that drummer <laughs> is Kevin Hayes. Uh, Kevin Hayes has played with the Robert Cray Band for 20 years, and he's just a wonderful guy and a great drummer. Uh, all of these pro musicians are are great people as well, and I'm just really lucky to work with them. Uh, Friend Hal, he's uh, he he's been a musician most of his life and a, and a DJ and stuff. But he he uh, he looked just like the guy who was drumming. 
Yeah, well, there's a lot of similarity there. Well, mm-hmm. the, your song brings us to talk about the uh, policies of immigration with Trump. And um, do you think there's any um, chance that um, progressives can put more pressure on Trump to stop some of these policies, especially the separation of children from their parents, which is just, I can't think of a more heinous thing to do. And, and one more question for you on, on that subject. Um, Pelosi, is Pelosi finally in trouble? Is somebody going to kick her out of there and, and, and replace her? Because we, we, well, she is such a drag on the leadership of the Democratic Party. And I, and I heard again that uh, Feinstein is running again at 85, for crying out loud. I mean, she's, she's, she's trying now, to... Don't, don't to rush her, Leah. She's only 84. <laughs> 84. <laughs> but it's like, you know, these, these, two, these two women have, have, have actually been uh, stalwarts in, 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 in progressive uh, politics. Uh, um, you know, uh, what, what's your opinion of those two and, and, the, and the future of the... Uh, uh, immigration uh, policies or non-policies. Well, I I think that Trump uh, is sort of immune to pressure because he's just in his own world, and uh, I don't. I think the only pressure that can work is the midterm elections to uh, flip at least mm-hmm. one of the houses of Congress. The House is more likely than the Senate just because of the way the races are are turning up and how many seats the Democrats have to defend in the Senate, whereas all of the House seats are up for grabs every two years. And I'm hopeful that we'll be able to flip one of the houses and stop Trump from putting into place the most heinous policies that he has in mind. As far as pressure, I don't think that he feels pressure because he's just uh, he's an idiosyncratic individual uh, he's. Uh, I, I think that he's one of the worst things that could possibly happen to our country, and uh, everything he does is backwards. Every he's he's trying to undo a hundred years of progress in five hundred days, and he's doing an unfortunately good job of it. As far as Pelosi, uh, yeah. absolutely frightening. And you know, I, I this, this this new thing of his where where now I mean. His legal, his legal, his legal team are the biggest bunch of nummies I, I've ever, I've ever seen. Well, they haven't, he had, can't, to, I mean, they haven't got, had to do anything yet. No, they but you got, talk. you got Giuliani, who, who is like absolutely out of his mind, um, and then you got uh, uh, Emmett, who nobody's talking about. Or was it Emmett Flood? Yeah, nobody's talking about him. But he's, a, he's, a, he's Clinton's former um, uh, impeachment lawyer. You know. Yeah. He did all kinds of great things for Clinton, and he got he got wound up impeached. So, as, uh, what uh, what what what's your opinion of the of this legal team being yeah. uh, being an attorney yourself? Yeah, uh, I think that Flood is probably you know, the only credible attorney in the bunch, and he's very specifically uh, hired to try to deal with the Mueller investigation and and mm-hmm. see if they can get Trump uh, from having to testify uh, under oath. Uh, and that's his that's his role. But I do think that Giuliani is just uh, he's he's more of a PR guy than a lawyer at this point. And every time he opens his mouth, he puts his foot in it. Um, I don't think he's doing Trump any favors with these crazy ideas that he can pardon himself. Nobody wants to hear that the president is above the law. 
that's uh, that's I think even some of his backers in Congress are saying that that's uh, that's a bad idea and not not. Well, they all said that. that they said be that they'd be open to impeachment. Even the Republicans would be. You know. Right. Right. <laughs> Can um, he I, actually I, refuse to testify? Can they compel him to? Um, there, his lawyers say they can't, but the Supreme Court has held that presidents can be compelled to testify, and uh, so I don't think that he's going to prevail on that. The question is, uh, there are a lot of questions, but one is whether Mueller's going to push it that far, and I hope he does. If they can't work yeah. out a deal for him to testify voluntarily, I hope that they do subpoena him, even if it takes time and that's the issue. How, how long would it take for a subpoena to wind up uh, going through all of the court proceedings before it gets to the U.S. Supreme Court to rule on whether Trump has to testify? And how would that interact with the November election deadline? So I do, I do think that eventually he would be compelled to testify if he won't do it voluntarily. And what happens if that winds down and he's out of office? Well, I don't. I don't think it would take that long. I don't. I don't think that. I mean, a lot of court cases can take years to wind their way through, but in a case of this importance and urgency, I think that the courts would do everything they can to set short schedules for briefing and hearing, and that it it might stretch out through the November midterms, but it wouldn't stretch out much beyond that. I don't think it would stretch into. There's no way they would let it go as far as the 2020 election or or till Trump's out of office. I think they would make no, it I, I don't that. think so either, but I, I think there's pressure right now that they want it to, you know. Um, you know well, you know, it's, there's so much that Mueller they, is doing they, that we uh, don't know. They do you know okay. Sorry, go he ahead. Does, you know, the Republicans will lose uh, bigger than they ever thought they would. Uh, Yeah, I'm hoping that Mueller is actually getting close to being able to come out with his next round of public indictments. We know they're coming, but until he actually goes public with what he knows, we're sort of in the dark because he's done a good job of preventing leaks. At the same time, that seeds the public relations battle to Trump, who keeps attacking him. So until Mueller can get public with some uh, more information that will where both times he's gone public with these indictments like Papadopoulos or um, Manafort or the the Russian uh, companies that were uh, indicted for uh, their their effect on... That that always has a big impact on what people think, Uh, but he's he's in a spot right now where we're just waiting and wishing that he could uh, get it done a little faster. Well, I read read recently, and I think it was in Time magazine, that... There was, a, there was They put all of the indictments together, uh, and it, there was over 23 indictments and people going to jail and everything else that he's that he's uh, done in the last uh, in the last year. <laughs> all right. And, uh, right. There's a, he has done a lot, but the, until he gets to Kushner or Don Jr. Uh, or Trump yeah. himself, uh, there's going to be um, a lot of people just waiting for the next shoe to drop, and I'm one of them. I'm, I can't wait to see what he's going to come up with. I know he's got a lot more than we, we can possibly imagine. Did it surprise you that Kushner got his uh, security clearance? Well, it doesn't surprise me because they, you know, nothing that they do surprises me. It, it, it's hurtful. <laughs> it's hurtful to me. It's hurtful to the country that they take our uh, national interests 
so lightly uh, and give this. Yeah. I mean, you know what? What did they start out with? Uh, Kushner was going to solve peace in the Middle East. He was going to solve yeah. uh, every possible uh, crisis in the country, and he's done none of that. And he can't do it, and he's not competent to do it. And so the idea that he's been in those positions in the first place is at least as shocking as that they would give him a national security clearance after all the backdoor conversations he's had with foreign leaders and how susceptible he is to uh, corruption. Every time he's, every time he's met with them, he's, he's gotten a $300 million loan or something, or Ivanka gets, uh, you know, yeah, exactly. So it's like... Yeah, they, you know there's that famous line... It's scary, it's just scary. But nobody seems yeah. to be doing anything. It doesn't seem to be registering here, you know? And, uh, I, I think it's registering out. with a lot of people who are gonna, sure. who are up in arms about voting. There, there certainly have been some positive signs, like uh, Virginia, they almost flipped. The, they were down 15 seats in the state legislature, and they uh, won 14 of them in the 15th one. They lost by literally a single vote. They just got health care in Virginia. They got the state to even they got some Republicans to vote for expanding Medicaid for 400,000 people in Virginia. The Connor Lamb victory in Pennsylvania, Doug Jones in Alabama. We've we've got some hope, and that's important. It's hard, we, you know resiliency. Well, you know I wanted to just talk a little bit about the song and how it fits in with my overall philosophy of what we're what we as progressives need to be doing, and that has to do with values. The song "Everyone Comes from Somewhere" is about what we have in common that should be emphasized more than what divides us. And that goes together with values of empathy and compassion that have been so attacked by Trump and his allies. And the, the progressives should be talking about what we have in common with each other, even if it's not necessarily groups that we think of as normal allies. Like, uh, here's, a, here's a guy, Ro Canna, who's a congressman from California, has a great idea to expand the uh, high-tech industry of Silicon Valley to areas that have been ignored, like in Kentucky, and he calls it Silicon Holler, like the like the holler, like a, a canyon in Kentucky, where people could use uh, economic growth and stimulus. And I think that the, the progressives have to be talking about what we have in common as people who are not the one percent, not those with all the money and all the power, but that we have so much in common with each other. And that's what, if anything, would make America great again. It would be getting back to those values of, out of many, one, out of the out of the immigrants who've come well, here over time. See, that's our who strength. Who do you see in the 2020 uh, uh, crystal ball here? 2020? Oh, my goodness. So much is going to change between now and then. But I'm a big fan of the, the Castro brothers from Texas. One of them is a mayor. One of them is a congressman. There's... Julian and Joaquin, and they're both really salt-of-the-earth type of people. Uh, I think from your state, uh, uh, Murphy is a great guy. Um, I don't oh, know what his name is. Oh, oh you're, you're killing us. You're killing us with Murphy. Oh, God. Some things uh -oh. I like about him, but some things... He, he's, a, he's a buffoon, man. He really is. Well, I, okay, no, well, I'm sorry. Gotta, I'm sorry to... I, I guess I, can't, I, don't know, I don't know it on the ground as you do, but I see him out front on gun control issues, and I think that that's an important that role for him to play. But, oh, but you know, that's going to kill, that's going to kill, that's, that's going to kill him as far as, 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 as getting anywhere in this country. 
Yeah. Well, I don't uh, know about that. I think the tide is turning on gun control. And uh, yeah, you know, out here in California, you know, we've got a better got chance uh, from, from Connecticut uh, in 2020 is uh, in Blumenthal. You know. Uh, well, I I like Blumenthal. Uh, I don't see him as having yeah, aside ambition. from the fact that he's Jewish, okay, which is didn't seem to hurt Bernie that much. Uh, but but uh, Bernie wants to run. He announced it uh, today or yesterday that he was that he was going to run. Uh, I thought he had only announced for I thought he had announced for his for the Senate. Has he announced for the presidency as well? I didn't hear that. Yeah, today, uh, in the last couple of days, is is the campaign announced for the for the president? I thought he was running for the Senate. That too, he's running for. He's that. running for both. He's running for both. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, um, yeah, <clears throat> um, I mean, the guy's seventy-eight years old. You know what I mean? But I but the the thing with Bernie, and I I told this to uh, you know I, I, I tell you, Bernie Bernie, I felt uh, betrayed that everybody. You know, he betrayed the the, the he betrayed. The, the, the party, he betrayed, uh, you know, even though he's an independent, he betrayed all of his supporters, and uh, he destroyed, you know, he he, he betrayed the the, the the whole movement, all right? In, in what uh, way do you mean you know, that, Leo? I think he did what Dean did, you know? I felt he was exactly like Dean, uh, you know, progressive Rally people. Uh, politician from Vermont, you know, uh, socialist kind of, Thing and, and had great uh, ideas that appealed to us. Great many ideas, people. and then and then uh, you know backed out at the last. He backed out, and uh, and the same well, thing. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't think I, I would disagree with that. I don't think Sanders betrayed the party. You know, I, I think when he lost uh, to Hillary, he he did support her. Uh, he, you know, I don't think Hillary's campaign was very welcoming to him, uh, but I he, oh, they, he they, did they, run they, as a yeah. Democrat. He ran as a Democrat, and he supported the Democratic nominee. So uh, I think some of his supporters took it very hard, and I, I think well, that there were some con- controversies. I think Bernie supporters all came out. Ralph Nader. That's a very different story. Yes, I've never forgiven Nader. I've never forgiven Nader for 2000. Never forgiven him for that. I've never forgiven Nader for running in 2000, and he, oh, really? he didn't run oh, in we Florida. Have to re- oh, Ralph Nader, then. Yeah, we sure did. We'll have to agree to disagree on him. <laughs> well, he, I, he, I, 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 he was a hero of mine, but but we wound up with George W. Bush as president because of Ralph Nader. Ralph Nader got enough votes in Florida uh, to flip that well, state and flip the election. Well, he wound up because of a Supreme Court. That's why Sorry? we wound up... With Ralph Nader, uh, not Ralph. Well, it never would have gotten. It never would have gotten that far. There wouldn't have been any need for a recount if Nader had not run, uh, because uh, Gore would have won Florida by many thousands of votes instead of losing it by 500. And so, I agree, the Supreme Court never should have gotten involved and never should have decided it for Bush. But if Nader hadn't been in the race. And taken as many votes away from uh, the more progressive candidate, Gore would have won Florida by a very comfortable margin. And I, I, I mean, uh, oh. as a lawyer, I respected Ralph Nader greatly for what he did for consumers. And I still work with. As, I'm a lawyer also, not just a songwriter. And I work with people like uh, that on pharmaceutical cases where the descendants of Ralph Nader's group are helping to provide important information for consumers about defective drugs. 
and I, I honor that, I support that. But he was not going to be an important candidate except as a spoiler, and he spoiled it. He really, really spoiled it. Well, you know, I know. I, what, 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 I, what, I, I disagree only because we know what he what he said was real. He's, what he said about the Democrats and Republicans was real. Okay, they're 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 frauds. You know, they're complete frauds. No, I, I, you know, I don't he, agree. He drove, uh, he drove yeah. the stake through their heart, man, in that, in that election. And uh, I would like to see more than I've a two-party system myself. Yeah, there should be at least, uh, like, you know, a three-, four-, five-party system, you know. I, I'd like to see, uh, instead of having a duopoly like we have, I'd like to see more parties. But that's, that's a discussion. Do you think if Al Gore had been time. elected, do you think if Al Gore had been elected that he would have invaded Iraq in March 2003? Personally, I don't I, think he I think I think that Al Gore was more crooked than Bush, okay? In a lot he of had, ways. He was really crooked, and, and he had, you know, with his, uh, with his big uh, uh, environmental thing, okay, that all he wanted to do was, was, was create a... A huge tax. A, a, not, not just a tax, but he wanted to create a, um, a hedge fund, mm-hmm. okay, for uh, carbon... Uh, credits, you know, and, and stuff, and, and I mean, this guy had big plans, and um, they weren't. And coming from coming out of Clinton, uh, the history of Clinton and everything, I, I I had no love for that guy, you know, and that's why I can that's tell. Why so important. So as a candidate. Okay, so well, that's that's why we have uh, we have the right to disagree. But personally, I I uh, supported Gore, and uh, you know, when I my first. A presidential election of, like, voting for, uh, well, I voted for Barry Commoner in 1980 because I thought that Jimmy Carter and Ronald Reagan were not that different, and I was so sorry that I made that mistake that I thought I'll, I'll not waste my vote on a, a candidate who can't win in the future, and so uh, that's how I felt about the, the Gore and Bush. Maybe I wouldn't be 100% behind what Gore thought, but I don't think we'd have invaded a foreign country on false pretenses uh, if Gore had been president. And that's what we did in Iraq in 2003. Oh, maybe. We're that's still paying the price for it. We are paying the price I, for I'd that like, to I'd this like day. I'd like to see more than two uh, uh, parties myself because uh, yeah, I think like it's been see too them, I'd like to see them get put some independence in there. Yes, you know? absolutely. You know, allow them to run, but these bastards won't, you know. You can't even get the into end the end debate. You know, so I live like, in California, uh, and I read yesterday that the independents are now a larger group than the Republicans in California. That's not true nationwide, but the Democrats are the largest, then the independents, and then the Republicans. And we, we certainly could be moving toward more than two parties, and I wouldn't say no to that. But, uh, you know, uh, you must know Robert Reich. Our country. I really do. But I, Sorry? But I don't. I don't specific, I don't agree with the Green Party. I, 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 oh, even though I was a Green Party member for a long time. I, I, I have a, I have my my problems with that party, and um, uh, number one because they're such a globalist party. They're an international party, you know. They're not just a national party, and um, and I've known many people in that party, and I wasn't overly impressed, you know, with mm-hmm. the uh, with the no, with I their don't. grasp of of the uh, of of the issues. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, 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 you know, they're, they're two, they're very European, um, uh, um, involved, you know, very, they have a very big European influence. 
and they're uh, you know, so I, I'm not I'm not really that that, that totally is for them. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I'm, but I'm you, glad but you I'm glad you also think that it would be maybe okay to have I was uh, hoping, more than two parties. I was thinking that uh, California might might uh, might want to su- succeed. Okay, succeed rather. They were. Uh, there was a movement toward that. Is there any? Is, yeah. is there any more talk about that? I I don't think that it's been talked about much. I think it was, and uh, you know, people talked about having a, the West Coast states form uh, some kind of seceding unit, but th- that's really not. I don't think that's serious. Not happen. In fact, the craziest thing is that on our ballot in November. Some fringe folks have just proposed that California be divided into three states, and that's not going to happen either. Uh, I think most people you know live what, in California. Most you know people live in California are going to be against that. Yeah, I guess uh, I guess uh, Brown isn't running for for uh, um, re-election. Uh, for re-election. No, he's but, termed um, out. He's termed out. He can't run. He's termed out. Yeah. But uh, they got over. They, I, I saw it today. There's over a hundred candidates who want his job. Um, well, the primary was yesterday, and it's, there are only two people that survived. That's the way our primaries work. The top two yeah, will be running, and it's Gavin Newsom, who's lieutenant governor for the Democrats, and a guy named John Cox on the Republican side that was supported by Trump. And that's going to be the uh, election in November: is Newsom against Cox. Uh, how do you how do you think that will go? Oh, Newsom will win in a landslide. California is the bluest Trump? state in the country. There's no, it's it's very clear. Cox doesn't have a chance. That's good. How are they? How are the? Uh, what's the future of the sanctuary cities there? Uh, that's a good question. I think that again, it's a you know there are some red areas in the blue state. And those red areas are typically in the inland valleys or down in Southern California between L.A. and San Diego. And there are some folks who've said that they oppose the sanctuary state and they uh, are joining in with lawsuits to to try to stop California from being a sanctuary state. But I think that the majority of Californians are very comfortable with the fact that we're a sanctuary state because we live among... Uh, people of uh, Hispanic descent uh, every day. There are friends, there are neighbors, there are co-workers, they're good people, uh, not just some of them as the idiot-in-chief would say, but, you know, by and large, there's less crime committed by immigrants than native-born. Uh, immigrants pay more taxes than they get back in benefits, contrary to the stuff that you sometimes hear from people who don't look at the, the real facts. And uh, so well, I think that people in California are very comfortable, very comfortable with immigrants and want to welcome them. But I think also they they're so dependent upon uh, immigrant you need those labor workers, yeah, because you're, because you're agricultural. That's, that's uh, true, and so is the rest of the country. California, you know, the produce from California. Uh, what's that? Produce from California, produce from California. Farms goes nationwide, and so a lot of the people from areas around the country who oppose immigration don't realize that how dependent they are on immigrants for getting the food on their table. Uh, personally, I would just like to see a policy put into place that works, and to have people be able to come in and be here legally, and not have to hide in corners. 
and to not separate children from their families. It, right. It's, I just, I, the way things are right. now, it just feels so embarrassed. Yeah. Right. And, it, and it's a horrible thing. It's a horrible thing. It is horrible. <laughs> it's a very horrible thing. Yeah. It's so cruel. imagine it could happen country. And, yeah. and, and that, yeah. right, that goes back to the set of values that I was talking about earlier, uh, empathy, compassion, uh, the feeling that we are all in this together. None of that uh, is surviving uh, in the in Trump world. Uh, they they think just the opposite. That pit one against the other, and uh, blame people for things they are not their fault. And it's good for his base, but it's not good for the country or the world. No, it's a, it's a terrible thing. It's a terrible direction to go in, and that wasn't what our country was known for in the past, certainly. And not, to think, I can't imagine the way are. other people look at us now. They must That's have right. some horrible opinion of us. That's right. You know, the other thing I, I was curious about, uh, that what, what's going to, what, nobody's doing anything about these uh, these children, you know, that are in the, uh, that have been taken away from their parents on the border. And, uh uh, the session said that the only way they can control immigration is by taking away the children from the border. Okay, taking away the children. All but right. we don't know where they're being held. What well, kind of probably, conditions they're being held in? We don't yeah, know anything a about senator, it. Yeah, uh, a Democratic senator uh, went out uh, from um, I think it was Arizona. Uh, uh, Oregon. Oregon. Jeff Merkley. It was Merkley Oregon? from Oregon. Yeah. Jeff Merkley is from Just Oregon. Aside, the, the article, but. but um, um, yeah, they wouldn't let yeah, him. He, was, he wasn't allowed in the in the uh, in the uh, center. In the center. They don't want they him to let see. Him in. What's that? They don't want him to see the conditions. That's all you can no, get. No, they wouldn't let him. They would not let him see the conditions that they were, those kids were in. Is he going to do anything about that? He's trying. He's trying to get. He's trying, but you know he's in the minority party. So uh, again, it all comes down to elections in the fall. Uh, and and hopefully whatever Mueller comes up with, those are the those are the two pathways to to changing the situation, elections and and Mueller. Mm -hmm. So we're hoping yeah. one yes, or I both. I hope he doesn't through. let us down. I'm so worried about that. Yeah, he let us down before, many several times. Uh, he was the FBI director during the 911, you know, and uh, he just let things slide. So, I hope he doesn't do that this time. Yeah. I, I just hope that he follows through, yeah. or that he can follow through. Or well, you know. my my first fear of Mueller was that he was unanimously selected by 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 all of the Republicans. So that you know? that didn't make me feel and a that lot he, of and faith. He, is, he is a registered Republican. You know. Do you know anything about him personally? Have you met him or worked with I him? Do you know any? I did meet him under other circumstances. My law firm worked on the Volkswagen diesel fraud case, and uh, oh. Robert Mueller Robert Mueller was the uh, court-appointed uh, mediator who assisted in resolving that for settlement purposes. And I I attended some of those settlement meetings, and I met Mr. Mueller there. It's a very different circumstance from being a prosecutor, and I think that. Yeah. The fact that he's a registered Republican is probably a good thing. I mean, you see Trump trying to blame conflicted Democrats 
for this so-called witch hunt. Imagine how bad it would be if it were actually a Democrat in charge. It's actually not a conflicted oh, bunch true. of Democrats. It's a Republican. And it, it's like if it were a Democrat in charge, I think that he probably would have better grounds to claim that it was a witch hunt. The fact that it's a Republican in charge makes that same as non-credible as all his other lies. Well, he's been he's been dogged. I, I have to I have to give him that. There's been a there's been um, steady movement forward. Yeah, but uh, yeah, there's fast. so much going on. There's so much oh. going on behind the scenes that we don't we will know about it, but we don't know about it yet. I'm I'm confident that he's a straight shooter and that he's going to tell us everything he knows uh, as soon as he can. That's my feeling about it. Well, this, this latest thing now with Manafort um, is uh, and his uh, um, tampering witness, uh, witness tampering. That that may be a little more heated than uh, that may be a little more than. Uh, Did they uh, say which witnesses he? Uh, no, several of them. They just mentioned a number of them. But uh, yeah, what I what I read about that was that Manafort was sending encrypted messages to try to get some of the people he worked with to say that most of what he did was uh, in foreign countries, not in the United States. And so at least one of the people that he tried to do that with told Mueller that, uh, about Manafort trying to get him to say something that wasn't true. So that's, that's really bad for Manafort, and it uh, shows that he's desperate and that uh, he's in a lot of trouble. But, you know, again, we have to get past Manafort. We have to find out what's going to happen with Kushner and Don Jr. and the president. That's that's the end of the road yeah. for this. Uh, that this that inner circle has got to go. But. So right. you th do you think that um, he'll put pressure on Manafort to turn on, um, you know, Kushner and Don Jr.? Mm -hmm. And give him yeah, a break. I think, I think that uh, they've already got a lot of information that we don't know about, about the June 2016 meeting at Trump Tower that Manafort, mm. Kushner, and Don Jr. all attended. And um, I'd love to know what they know about it. Um, I don't yeah. know that they need Manafort's testimony on that, if they've got his cell phone and whatever was written on it. Um, I think that the, Ooh, the big that's issue... For everybody's cell phones now. Yes, that's right, including Michael Cohen. I just saw that but, today. He's asking for everybody's cell phones. Absolutely. Uh, that's where all the information hides these days, uh, <laughs> and it can't stay hidden. But here, the, to me, the big thing about Manafort is that the Republican Party changed its platform in the summer of 2016 to be much friendlier to Russia concerning the, the uh, Ukraine and the invasion of the Ukraine. And that's really? the type of that's the type of quid pro quo that uh, you know if they if if Mueller has information to show that uh, the Russians got that from the Republicans with Trump's knowledge, that's the kind of thing that would put this there's no collusion lie to rest. I think that that's where the I think that's a likely scenario. But, of course, I don't have the evidence. I'm just guessing that those things didn't happen for no reason. They happened for a reason, and the reason was that uh, Trump's campaign was dealing with the Russians and offering them things in exchange for their help. Could that be treason? 
I think so, sure. Sure. Um, but I, maybe I should write a song about it. The obvious stuff is the money laundering and the fact that Trump uh, owes his soul to the Russian oligarchs there who, and, uh, who laundered their money through Deutsche Bank and, uh, and several others. And his apartments. And all of his apartments. Mm-hmm. And tower, the east tower. side, Little Russia. Yeah, and uh, mm-hmm. the, uh, the, the, the the Trump Tower. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. So, uh, yeah, what are you going to do? Well, Donna, it, it's getting near to, uh, we got a little bit more of the show here to do, but it's been a pleasure talking to you. And, Same here. Uh, Thanks so much for your interest, and I'm glad that your listeners had a chance to hear the song. And uh, uh, we got I some more music song. coming out shortly. Uh, uh, there's another song I wrote called Hope is Hard to Kill. And that's our next video. It should be coming out this month, and uh, we'll we'll get that to you if you're interested in, in hearing it. I'd love to have it, and I think you can create more change with music probably than talk. Um, well, I think that music does have, have a, a way that you can you can get past the politics. Or maybe they open their hearts a little bit with a with a wonderful uh, song. I want to thank you for writing that, and I look well, forward you. to hearing your new one. All right, I'll send that along to you uh, probably this month, and thank you so much for your interest. That's great. Have a great day. Okay, take care. Yeah, you too. Bye-bye. That was... um, So, I wonder... Don Arbor, and you can check out his uh, his, um, video uh, called uh, Everybody Comes From Somewhere. That's a good thing uh, to play at rallies and things like that. It's a nice song. I thought it was very nice. Um...
Will your commission look at the role of firearms as it relates to gun violence in our schools? That is not part of the commission's charge, per se. I see. So, you, um, so you're studying gun violence but not concerning the role of guns. We're actually but, studying school safety and how we can ensure our students are safe but, at well, school. That's the kind of thing that they're Double getting. speak she has. Yeah, from that. And uh, it's, kind of, it's kind of spooky, actually. Okay. Uh, kind of spooky. But anyway, I wanted to, uh, there's something else I wanted to mention, too. Um, let's see, there was, this thing was frightening. Ten UN, the UN warns that 10 million more Yemenis are expected to starve to death by the end of the year. See, Yemen, we're, we're at war with Yemen, a secret war, and the Saudis have been at war with Yemen, and, you know, um, it's 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 just a, a nightmare over there, and it's it's a it's a war it's that it's a needless war. It's a needless war, and so you know UN warns. I don't believe in any kind of war. I'm sorry, I just no excuse for this. According to the UN, the numbers of Yemenis in danger of starving to death would rise from the current figure of 8.4 million to 18.4 million by this December. That's three times the estimated death toll of Jews killed during the Holocaust. And nobody cares. Nobody gives a damn. Sonia Yemen. During a briefing last Friday, the UN warned that millions more Yemenis uh, uh, civilians are expected to starve to death before year end as a result of a blockade imposed on the country by the Saudi Arabian-led coalition. But we bought, the, we sold them all the guns, oh, all well, the bombs, yeah, all, sure, the, sure, the, all the nuclear weapons, yeah. all the latest airplanes. But the Saudi, yeah, they, you know. The Saudis' unsuccessful bid to quash the Houthi-led resistance um, movement against Western and Saudi imperialism in Yemen uh, has already claimed the lives of thousands of civilians and transformed the country into the world's worst humanitarian crisis since the war began in 2015. Mark Lowcock, the UN's emergency relief coordinator, expressed his concern regarding the recent decline of commercial food imports through the Red Sea ports, adding that if conditions do not improve, the number of Yemenis at the brink of starvation would rise from the current figure of 8.4 million to 18.4 million by this December. Given that there are approximately 28 million people in Yemen, a continuation of the Saudi-led blockade would mean that nearly two-thirds of the country's entire population will soon face starvation. That, that's a genocide, mm -hmm. folks. That's genocide. And it's exactly what the Israelis and the United States are doing to, to the Palestinians. Okay? So now we've teamed up with the Saudis to do it to the Yemen Yemenis. That's right. And then, and then the... Riga, uh, Horrible. The, and, and then Myanmar there... Myanmar. Myanmar, Myanmar. They're doing the same thing, and they're 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 destroying and, and running people out of their villages and killing people, and it's just it's just a, what the hell is going on? Because you know? it's the same it's racism. Oh, it's racism gone crazy, but mm -hmm. it's more than that. It's genocide, mm -hmm. right? It's a genocide. It's a full. Well, that's what racism—that's what racism really is. Well, no, not necessarily. It can it it's, can it's, it's, it can it's, grow into that. That's that grows, extreme. Sure. But you, 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 you want somebody's land, okay? You want their wealth. You want their whatever. And what do you do? You go in and you grab it, okay? And then you, you call them uh, names and call them mm -hmm. animals and whatever. When in, in reality, what you're dealing with here is just some 
blatant asshole like Trump, who you know wants wants uh, wants everything. He wants you know, what's and yours. And hates and hates everybody. You know, unless he can and have will it. And will screw everybody to get it. You know, and it's just a horrible thing. And you know, and I I wanted to bring attention to this uh, ye- ye- Yemen Yemen crisis, and I think you're going to hear more about it in the future. But um, but my God, these people don't have time. These poor people do not have enough time. I mean, if they if you live um, through two thirds of a nation uh, starving to death, and it's just horrible. And Congress gave itself a raise with a massive new spending bill. There he is, Mitch McConnell. I'm yeah. going to kick him right in the face. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, this is a good one. You, you like Australian Prime Minister and his wife? Well, they're tied to a big pharma company pushing mandatory vaccinations. Yeah, they're probably getting paid off. They're up. getting paid off. Just like, uh, you know, I, no, maybe you don't remember Richard, Richardson. Uh, he used to be the governor of New Mexico, uh-huh. and he worked for uh, Clinton. But when you find, uh, was it? No, I'm sorry, it wasn't Richardson. He was working for HMO. It was the governor of Texas. Perry was uh, was was uh, tied in with the pharmaceuticals, and especially Gardasil, and manda- and made that mandatory for all for all Texas uh, girls. And uh, it's it's caused a tremendous amount of problems. So anyway, um, this is interesting too. Israel security forces are training American cops, despite the history of rights abuses. They're teaching. They're 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 getting trained by Israeli police and Brutal. Israeli terror uh, by Israeli uh, brutes. brutes how to uh, be how to be brutal. Yeah, how to how to beat up how to people. mistreat people. How to mistreat people, right? Right. Oh, yeah. good. We can have human and, rights abuses. And and when Trump said, you know, rough them up, rough them up, you know, this is what's going on, folks. You know, we got now. Here's something else, which is really horrifying. Butterfly bullets are yet another dark chapter in Israel's war crimes. If you see these bullets, they're they're shooting them. These these copper-headed bullets. They're shooting them at. Uh, the, the uh, Palestinians, mm-hmm. but they're designed to explode in when the, they uh, on when contact. They on contact. Mm-hmm. So the the head explodes, not like a lead bullet, but like a it's it's designed to blow and to spread cause, out, cause more problems. And they're they're shooting these bullets in at the gen, uh, at their at the uh, Palestinians. Um, L.A. Times says uh, bars uh, can refuse service to Trump supporters. A judge says, "Well, that's good. That's good." And another good note: We'll see it in court," says Democratic Senator Blumenthal, suing Trump over emollients clause. Huh. Now that's being, that's where he's picking up all of these, uh, making all kinds of millions of dollars on all of these deals. Yeah. That he's doing it because he's president, and his hotels and motels and. Richard Blumenthal, a Democratic senator from Connecticut, has brought a case against Trump for his failure to comply with the Foreign Emoluments Clause in the Constitution. And that case is one week out from being from hearing oral arguments. Blumenthal tweeted about the progress of the case, saying, President Trump has repeatedly and fragrantly violated the Constitution's Foreign Emoluments Clause. He has thumbed his nose at its plain text, and in doing so, 
thumbed his nose at the American people as well. And uh, yeah, and he uh, and he wrote this in a tweet. He said, uh, "One week out from oral arguments in our case to compel the president to obey." We the, just uh, read that. So the yeah, clause okay. re- the clause requires that people holding federal office, including the president, must seek the consent of Congress before they can accept benefits from a foreign state. The foreign founders included the requirement in the Constitution to prevent U.S. officials from choosing self-interest over the interests of the American people. As Senator Blumenthal explained on Twitter, Trump has benefited from foreign governments in taking office, benefits which he calls little conflicts of interest. For example, since his time in the Oval Office started, Trump's companies have been granted 40 new trademarks by the Chinese government. These trademarks have been approved so quickly, one Hong Kong official remarked that he has never seen so many applications approved so expeditiously. Trump has also benefited from foreign governments booking rooms at his Trump Hotel, a logging firm from Saudi Arabia, stated rooms at the Trump International in D.C., which were paid for by the Saudi government. Also, the Embassy of Kuwait used his D.C. hotel for the National Day of Celebration, which earned Trump properties upwards of $40,000. Plus, no, no, 40K. 40K, yes. Plus, a Chinese bank and the Abu Dhabi Tourism and Culture Authority rent space in Trump Tower. Related, those just little conflicts that we know about is nearly impossible for the American people to know just how self-serving Trump's time in the White House has been. This case being brought by Blumenthal is moving forward forward in the hope that Trump will be held accountable for his abuses to the nation. And uh, it's really really frightening. It's really frightening. And uh, I appreciate uh, Blumenthal finally getting mad enough. I do, too. Thank goodness he's doing that. He's He's not afraid. No, he 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 be, he got the he tobacco. He stood up to the tobacco companies. I got to give him a lot of credit for that. He stood up to a lot of folks in in the state, and we we appreciated him for doing that. But uh, hopefully he'll uh, hopefully you know he'll go after, and uh, it'll be a good thing. Well, we've come right to the end of our show. You see this? This is Germany. Huh. Germany Germany has these has these uh, these uh, they they love they love doing stuff like this. But they got they got Trump uh, with his with his pants down, a big statue, a big uh, dummy of Trump, and and everybody on the streets going up and kicking him in the ass. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they hate Trump like crazy. So but, we've uh, come to the end of our show. But they they have a good sense of humor. One more thing I wanted to add before the end. UPS has two hundred sixty thousand union workers. And they're just authorized a strike. Imagine UPS on strike, folks. That's right. Um, yeah. And uh, maybe the way they're treated. Yeah, it says authorize their unions to call what would be their first strike since 1997, giving negotiators more leverage and talks to replace a labor contract that expires at the end of July. Of the workers uh, from the package unit who voted, 93% favored the authorization and 91% of UPS freight employees agreed to the measure. Uh, the uh, International Brotherhood of Teamsters announced on a, on a webcast, and the uh, rate of voter participation... No, I'm uh, traveling. Uh, sorry, uh, so, uh, folks. 
stemmed up. That's just the logistics. Union leaders. My group is not publicly allowed. Union leaders urge support for uh, the strike authorization in a letter dated May 15th, signed by James Hoffa, general president of the Teamsters, and Dennis Taylor, co-chair of the Union negotiating committee. The last time negotiations broke down. In 1997, when drivers went on strike for less than three weeks before terms were reached. Nobody wants a strike. It hurts the company. It hurts the members, they said in a letter. However, the ability to strike is necessary in order to ensure a timely, positive conclusion to the negotiations. We have to show what we're not afraid of striking. And it goes on, but the, it does what the deal is. But um, I suggest that you, you check this out uh, if you're interested. And this is from, um, where was it from? Uh, Fortune Magazine. Fortune Magazine, yeah. So Leadership and Labor Relations. So with that. Uh, we sign out and say good night, folks, and have a good rest of your week. Let's hope we have some nice weather. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed the talk with uh, Don Arbor. He's uh, a very, very interesting guy. And uh, well, that's the end of the story. So good night, everybody, uh, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Good night, folks. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.